Today's episode is sponsored by the lady, Starbucks. That is such an iconic logo. I think it doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. What, what is it? Is it like some sort of like... What is the resemblance behind like the mermaid, Starbucks right? lady? She kind of looks like a mermaid. Is that, Maybe is that that's why my daughter to? loves cake pops so much. Not because it tastes good or anything. No. They're addicting though. Do you like cake pops? Uh, well, I don't tend to usually get them. You need to. Just because I know I'll probably get addicted. <laughs> Worst Starbucks addiction that ever happened to me when I was training for my bodybuilding shows. The cake pop was like, I would save just enough macros to eat a cake pop like once a week. And then after my show, I had like 20 of them and almost barfed. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We've got another episode of Quick Bites. Things are ramping up. Things are getting real serious in our Quick Bites world. Yes. It is official. It's, it's always, always been official. official. <laughs> Come on, Riley. Yeah, we have new uh, TikTok content, though. Yes. Coming out. Call me Jim Kramer. Um, <laughs> also, we're just we're just doing it. So. We're just doing it. We've got guests. Some guests up. line up. Yeah, lining up at the door. Yeah, yeah, we'll let them in someday. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we're going for a big guest first. No Elliot Hoyton here for the first guest. Sorry. <laughs> Shots fired. We'll just uh, we'll just DM Jesse at Slur see if he wants to pop on. He probably will. How would you guys feel if we went with we a... We should have got his contact information at Beacon. I, and we should have got a picture with him because remember, we I was like, right oh, there. we should say hi. And then it's like, that that's Jesse. And then he had that banger speech the next day. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I would have said hello. Yeah. So, Riley, Mr. Jim Kramer. Riley Hansen. We are all of a sudden... Bullish on Starbucks. I've never been the type to like invest in Starbucks just because I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Coffee. You don't like seven dollar coffees? Yeah, I'm like, it's fine. I don't, <laughs> I don't really need to put my money there. But lately, there's been some news happening with Starbucks. They're getting a new CEO next April. Big deal. Big deal. They just rolled out the reinvention plan. Because um, Howard Schultz was the original CEO, and he had someone take his place a few years ago, and then he took it back over. Correct. Yes, yes. he came back. Supposedly, he's still going to stick around for a little while after the new one to kind of like transfer the roles right. kind of thing. Seems like he might have some control issues with that position. <laughs> it's um, his baby. Yeah. So, Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's his baby. Yeah. So they rolled out the reinvention plan. They're reinvesting $450 million back into Starbucks as a corporation over the next two years, starting in October. Okay. They're going to be investing in more stores, um, better leadership, um, better technology, new machines. They're so, already ahead of the curve, in my opinion, with like the Starbucks app. Like, I heard someone analyze it. Like, they sit there, like, it's kind of a bank account in ways. It is because you like, can preload it. How many people preload their Starbucks card? I know I have it set up to the auto transfers fifty dollars over every time my balance goes below thirty dollars. See, personally, that's I so don't. Smart. That's so smart. That is smart because what? What do you know? Like what the. What does it look like legally? Can they like use that money? Probably. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because it's like it's I mean, cash. technically, you're buying their products, so it, it doesn't. Yeah, it's like buying a gift card. So could it's you take cash it out to them. though? Probably once. That is a good question. I don't think you can. Once you put it in, you can't take it really? out. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So it's yeah, not like really a reloadable debit card, but um, Elliot's getting tagged in the. Oh man, it's getting blown <laughs> up. Yeah, you're not a first guest. Sorry, That's buddy. So funny. Um. Yeah, so bullish on Starbucks. Pretty bullish on them because they're kind of just like making waves. They're trying to innovate pretty quickly. 
not quickly, but just they're going to be the first ones to really innovate, I feel like, as a coffee corporation. So looking at like stock price, um, I think that's a, rather than going the market cap, I think more more people like understand stock prices, stock price, you yeah. know? Even when you say market cap to me, I'm like, mm. Yeah, what's that again? Stock price times shares, shares outstanding times, shares. Yeah. Equals market value. Uh-oh. All-time high for Starbucks was 125 $126. Bucks. Okay. Sitting at about 92 today, 93 it, Right now is $92.28. Okay. Um, obviously, the market's had... We have seven minutes a left. ...decent correction um, the last yeah. five months, we could say. Yep. I've been super bullish on Starbucks from the start, and I unloaded my whole position at, like, it went up to 126, and then it pulled back to, I think, 110-ish. I'd like to look up the metrics on that of when I sold all of it, but I was like, you know, when market's going down, I was like, Starbucks is one of those companies. They had all that drama with China for a while that, like, they were threatening that they were going to shut down all the Chinese stores and all that stuff during COVID. And obviously, they got hammered because of that. Other thing Howard Schultz said is that the Chinese market will outdo the U.S. market by 2025. Starbucks so like they will have more stores generating more revenue interesting surpassing the U.S. I mean I we like do like US, our pumpkin spice lattes I was like I feel like the the U.S. demographic is just perfect I know to fulfill that and I feel like goal. Starbucks like just absolutely takes a shit on Dutch Bros like I hate Dutch Bros coffee well I I go to Dutch I don't go to Dutch Bros because uh, you're it's a Dutch Bros yeah, yeah you're one of those guys huh what you like Dutch Bros, don't you? No, no, I said I don't go oh, to Dutch good. Bros because good. it's just Dutch Bros. Okay. Not because of their drinks or like what it's not because of the coffee or the product. Candy. Yeah. Candy drinks. It's like um, Shaka bro, Dutch Bros. Literally, yeah, I can't. I'm not. You're more like sophisticated that. than that. Um, I also am not really a Starbucks guy, but since I when I started dating Bree, she had she was working there at the time. So we would always go there because it was practically free for her. Uh, that's right. So we're like, sure, we'll get them a So free. talk to me more about this like rollout plan that they're doing. I hear that they're working on some internal things that make things more efficient when it comes to their cold brew. Do you know much about that? I don't know in depth. I was talking to Bree about it. She's like, I mean, it doesn't take that long already. I'm like, well, they said that it's going to condense from 20 steps to four steps. So their cold brew process technically takes 20 steps right now, right? That's what it said. And it's going to condense down to, I confirmed that this morning. I read up on our little I was going to say, it's said 20. Yeah, it's interesting. If you think about the process, you know, if you can expedite your processes, it's going to make the end consumer process much quicker and better and easier. And it's gonna, it's gonna more con- people through the drive-through. Yep, it's gonna condense their frappuccino time by like thirty percent. Oh wow! Or no, like sixty percent. Holy From crap! From eighty-six seconds to thirty-five seconds. And I wonder if that's just like pre-combining ingredients. Maybe you know. Yeah. Rather than going like, oh, we got to put seven scoops of this, two yeah. scoops of that. It's like four ah, pumps. <laughs> yeah. You know. I, I'm curious because their their main goal is to interact more with customers and attend to the customer lobbies need. more yeah the bathrooms keeping them clean that's kind of what they were saying bathrooms in my maybe we haven't been to seattle i was though, gonna say so. i've been to seattle or portland <laughs> um yeah seattle's also closing five of the stores because of safety reasons oh, uh, too much crime how many more stores are they opening in the u.s they are currently opening 450 stores per year and they want to ramp that up to 2,000 but oh. here's the caveat. Okay. They're not all going to be the same type of store. 
So they're not all going to be cafes with okay. seating. Okay. 44, 44% of them are going to be drive through stores. And 35% are going to be drive through only stores. So I'm not sure what the difference is between the drive through only versus the drive through store. I would assume that drive through is your typical Starbucks that here in Idaho, what we're used to. You've got a little 2,000 square foot lobby, 1,500 square foot barista area with the drive through. I wouldn't really, That's my guess. I wouldn't really call those the cafe stores though either because it's, a, it's pretty small in the lobby. Like there's right. like, four seats to choose from. Yes. Um, I think, uh, like the Starbucks, in, I feel like the Starbucks in Sun Valley is probably the best. Um, I don't think that one counts because that's the only franchise Starbucks in the world. Did no, I you know. I'm that? just saying from the, the size, yeah. like the inside, but what, yeah. no, what do you mean? It's the only Starbucks in the world that was franchised out to use that name for that location. So Starbucks so didn't open it? Starbucks didn't technically open it. And I don't know the details. I just know that it's like the only franchise Starbucks. So does someone own it? So someone does own it and controls the revenue and the sales and things well, like that. So whoever owns it probably lives up there. So they have to own it to live up there to afford yep, it. Yep. Yep. Oh, I love Starbucks. But yeah, so that'll be interesting moving forward. They're going to be testing delivery-only stores and pickup-only stores, which I think pickup-only stores would be really successful in metro areas. Yep. Like runners, um, things like that. Chicago. Delivery. Pick, I think pickup Time. does really well. Yeah. I mean, have you ever ordered Starbucks to pick up? Have you done that before? No, but I see it when I'm waiting in line, and yep. it's pretty streamlined. Like, they just... They have this system. Yes. Go right in. It's also like Chipotle, though. Like, you can just walk in and take, <laughs> take someone's, someone's drink. drink. I know that. But uh, it's also like, who gets in a stranger's car and rides Uber? Like, 10 years ago, we didn't think that was normal. But true. I wonder what the, like, the waste rate is on Starbucks order. But then they're still paying for it through the order. So whether the drink gets mm. taken or not, they still pay for it. True, true. <laughs> um, I've used it a few times, and I think that that's something that it's just going to take time for the consumer to adopt and start using it because it's so efficient. Like, there's my top 10 Sorry things. Sorry to interrupt. There's, there's like my top 10 things at Starbucks that I like, and it memorizes that for me since I use the app. Like, yeah. I should just click the button rather than, um, oh, once again, wife always calls during Dude, the podcast. It's must be that time of the day. It's just like everything that takes the time to catch on, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like we're so used adopting. to drive through going in. Right, right. It's like, oh. And I think it's getting harder from a real estate perspective. So we're pivoting this Starbucks stock talk into our real estate topic of the day okay. because I think it's super interesting how we navigate and use a QSR. When I say QSR, quick service restaurant, um, also includes Starbucks. From a municipality standpoint, it's well, really technical. Oh, I'm getting super technical. It's very difficult to get new drive-throughs approved mm. because of stacking, which stacking is like the amount of cars that would sit in fit. line that can fit, you know, also, like, like on the piece like of we land. talk about this building down here, guys, that would just be a killer Starbucks place in downtown Boise for maybe a mini Starbucks reserve, but I don't think it could hold the stacking of the drive-through. Um because of that main road on Front Street. Yeah. It would hold like three cars, but I would assume that the city would require you to have stacking of close to 10, 12 cars. At least. At least um, to handle the load. Might be able to do some renovations down there in that lot, but also it's 
probably won't get approved. Because also those like really historical buildings right yeah, next to it, right? Nothing's getting torn down. Those yeah. historical buildings. But back to that, um, with Starbucks opening so many new stores, just looking at like our Idaho market, it's gonna be really interesting to see where they're able to go. Right now, I think there's a huge need for a new Starbucks downtown. Just from a real estate perspective, they don't have a we great location. Don't have one. They've got one on State and Nineteenth, and it's a that uh, doesn't even have a drive-through. So it's like Starbucks is non-existent downtown. Riley had to go all the way to Broadway to yeah. get this thing by yep. Boise State, which is a, a jaunt over there. Getting really good with my words today. Yeah, luckily I commuted via automobile. But yes, so we need a Starbucks downtown for those brokers that rep them in Idaho. We know who you are. Well, because also like. <laughs> In the bigger metro areas, like if people can just ride the elevator downstairs, walk out the door, and go across the street to the Starbucks, like, like that's Starbucks. Uh, Boise is big enough to have something downtown. When you go real estate wise, it's just we, we need just to kick uh, Dutch, Dutch Bros out. out of there. But they like the drive-through, so yeah. But so Not Dutch always Bros. though. Dutch Bros is only drive-throughs. Like that's, that's their only one. Like, that why can't have a Starbucks take them? I don't know. Starbucks looked at that location. They turned it down. Can you believe that? How many years ago is that? Seven or eight. So was it like less built? I don't. Eighth Street was probably still a road. Yeah. All I have to say is I know who handled that account from a real estate local perspective, and I just don't think that a good job was done managing the Starbucks like account Starbucks side. Yeah. Well, from the local representative side, didn't put on a hard enough push because so Starbucks the way. Starbucks organization works because they don't have a franchise model. They're all corporately owned. So they have a full-blown real estate department, territories. So like one guy in Seattle manages Washington, Idaho, Montana. But then in each state, they hire a local tenant representative from a local brokerage because they have local knowledge um, to be their boots on the ground kind of thing. So it kind of works through that direct real estate representative. And then the local boots on the ground Guy finds the locations and then sends them up the train up the chain for corporate to decide if they're good stores or not. So gotcha. where I think that got hairy is they didn't put on an an aggressive enough push for the Dutch Bros location down downstairs because um I think it's a great spot. And there's nothing else downtown. So I think it's a great spot too. That's a really nice it's a great corner. Yeah, but like the there's physical- shitty, there's no parking though. That's one thing too. Yep. That's maybe that. I think that's why they didn't go there. But also, I mean, you're gonna get all that traffic, the foot traffic from Eighth Street being opened. Yep, and all the businesses. Yeah, like for us, the Wells Fargo building, Zion's building. There's a lot of offices right in this, right yep. here, yep. in the yep. Grove area. So it's like, and I'm sure Dutch Bros doesn't do as well as Starbucks could. I agree because they've got great Wi-Fi though too. 40-year-old businessmen are not going to be like, I'm going to go to Dutch Bros. <laughs> yeah, you want to be to Dutch Bros? <laughs> They're like, what? Dutch who? Dutch who? But. Oh, Riley. Yeah. Where else should we put a Starbucks in Boise? In Boise? I mean, we just Ready need one downtown. We do need one downtown. Maybe like Linder and Highway 44. Ooh, State Street area. That's a, that's a ways out there. I know my buddy lives in some apartments over there. And I'm always. That's like, like, like the path. When I drive. Of development, dude. I like if in our age, like if we can pool up enough money to go buy land between like Linder and Caldwell Boulevard. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. You know, because yeah, that's cause, just where everything's growing. Well, if there's a Starbucks there, there's also like what um, Homestead, 
legacies over there. Like, there's people that would go to yeah, it. There's a lot of traffic. They got to make sure they're on the, the right side. The, of the only road other one do. is by Renovare neighborhood off of Highway 44. Yeah, but that's like the city. That's way down there. So Edgewood. Yep. That's the yep. one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that would be a good location. Mm-hmm. I know there's one right on um, Linder and and Chinden, but. Yeah, they build right across from each other. And I know. Well, it's like it's the hill thing that I think most from a real estate perspective from Chinden to State Street and just dropping down that hill, people don't do that. Yeah. From like a local like understanding of like geographical driving patterns, like we don't go down the hill. Like when you're going downtown on Chinden, you know, heading east, you don't turn left to go down to State. Yeah. You know, so they, it's just, there's, and this is why I think Starbucks has had success over the last 10 years is really relying on their local boots on the ground as well to find good locations for traffic patterns, things like that. So, yeah, well, I mean, I-44 has lots of wheels rolling on it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's September 15th. And Starbucks has dabbled in a little crypto, but we've got some crypto news. The Ethereum merger has been approved. It has gone through. It's been completed. It's been completed. And I hope that you still have all your ETH. I do. Which everyone's like, oh my gosh, is it going away? So the Ethereum network completed the single biggest upgrade in the currency's seven-year history yesterday. It's only been around for seven years. And now Ethereum only uses, or it uses 99.5% less electricity because of proof of stake Stake. versus proof Proof of work. So just once again, for your guys' listening knowledge, um, before the upgrade, Ethereum was proof of work. So what that means is before the merge, the computers purposely used a large amount of electricity to validate transactions as a reward for spending electricity. Computers are rewarded cryptocurrency, also known as proof of work. It's a complex system for now. All you need to understand is that spending electricity was necessary to ensure the network couldn't be shut down and for it to remain decentralized. That's confusing. Yeah. Pick that apart for me. Um, I I can't. Proof of stake. The new way the Ethereum network remains decentralized is by staking. Instead of spending electricity, computers that want to support the network and earn crypto will need to own 32 Ethereum and lock them up. In what, order to find new? No, in to order to stake to earn rewards. You have to have a minimum of 32 and you have to lock those oh, okay. up for so, a certain amount of time. So... Instead making of, them unspendable for a certain amount of time, say six to 12 months. So okay. having 32 Ethereum, I think that's the number to have what's called a node, which like means, 40K. yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so well, the Ethereum network can now be supported by normal laptops around the world, making the Ethereum network safe. More, it's also, would it be more like, um, more accessible, like like that just said. Well, in ways, yes and no. So proof of work, spending electricity to earn crypto. So before you could run your computer's hard drive to earn Ethereum, let's say, you know, make it kind of simple. Whereas Ethereum was being created to fund that, where now it's like locked. So when you look at like outstanding shares, all the outstanding shares are there now. 
of gotcha. Ethereum. So like to earn rewards, you've got to go lock your lock 32 Ethereum for six to 12 months. And then you're getting paid on that. And then once it unlocks, you get it back. Okay. So opposed to getting paid for creating new Ethereum, you're just getting paid for holding yours and locking or it Or locking up. it with something or somebody. Okay. That makes sense. That's kind of what I take away from it. But I think it's... I think it's a good move. Um, it does the caveat to it that I think a lot of really deep-rooted crypto enthusiasts are frustrated with is that it becomes a little less decentralized in ways because someone's holding the bag now Yeah. of what the value is. And when you look at value, it's just, you know, the understanding of supply and demand, you know? It's like, okay, how many buyers out there? How many sellers, you know? So if you're locking a good portion of that equity just to create validated transactions, you know, I, I see the price of Ethereum going to 40K like overnight because of this, but it's going to take some time for it to kind of shake out the kinks. Yeah. This is not investment advice. Don't buy Ethereum. We're not professionals. We're not professionals. Invest at your own risk. Um, but... I mean, just from a supply and demand standpoint, I think that it just takes the price of one Ethereum way up because of your utility with it. Like it's it's so integrated in gaming and like NFTs and all that stuff now to like convert USD to ETH and back. Like I just, I don't know. Like it's either going to crash or it's going to go to the moon. Yeah. I think. Well, it's down 8% in the last week. Expected since yeah, that's expected because it's kind of glad like, it's not down more. <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of like um, how would I say it to like investors? It's almost kind of like uneasy news, like they don't really know about, they don't understand it, so people get skeptical. But then I feel like obviously the big honchos will step in and yeah, the guy Vital that created Ethereum had a feeling, and there was a bunch of rumors that it was going to like get cut in half, like the price of ETH with this would could just drastically drop and it obviously didn't um so that's a huge positive for this merger is that you know you're gonna see some rocky roads the next three months he he mentioned but for the long term i mean you look at some of the issues that elon had with crypto and and owning it was because it wasn't energy efficient you know now the mining of ethereum is kind of completely gone it's like it's way more green guess to say the least green money yeah well green money california needs all the help it can get on that side of things yeah is that kind of interesting to you we have five minutes left yeah we've been cruising today no do you know no i'm saying isn't that interesting to you the whole california electricity power grid debacle oh issue yeah a little bit like i don't know enough about it to be dangerous well it's like they all, it's kind of like the water thing. Like, I don't understand it enough to, like, make yeah. a very firm Like, it doesn't prediction. affect us, so it's like, It hey, doesn't. Li we live in Idaho. It snows, so Our, we have water. The U.S. power grid, though, is very outdated and yeah, stressed. super stressed. Like, kind of stresses me out on a <laughs> daily, but... Yeah, we'll see. But, so, gonna... I was changing the batteries on my remote last night because it, it was they were dead. Yeah. And just to, like, hold a battery and think there's, like, energy in that... Yeah. Isn't it just weird to think about? It is weird. Like it, like batteries will last like a couple years, and they're just like this spool of these like things that were mined from the earth. 
interwoven together to create static yeah. electricity. And now we have one. I was like, that's big enough almost, to put in a car. Yeah, that's almost better than the light. Yeah. Like if you think about yeah, it, it's like better than the remote. Electricity could actually turn on a light, you know, but I don't know. Okay. The light is just going off a deep dark here today. But yeah, so I don't know if I'll be getting an electric vehicle anytime soon. Yeah. They're just not quite convenient enough for me. I would get a Tesla if I had a second driver. Yeah. Like a second car. Yeah. You know, if I had a daily driver, it was gas. Yes. Because also, if I'm going to make a road trip, like, it's not extremely inconvenient, but you still got to stop for 40 more minutes, four more times, you know, so it's it adds super an hour to hours to some trips. Um, which I think is the biggest flaw to Tesla right now that could completely take it, like, to zero is if they're not able to figure out a more efficient trading uh, uh, charging system. Trading, yeah, because they have their well, they have their like super super charging. Char- well, have you ever seen the like Tesla charging? It's almost like a gas station. Yeah, yeah, for, the super charging station. You can like go in and there's like a lounge area yeah, and like stuff yeah. like that. They're cool, but it's like all right, we need to we need this to charge in what takes four minutes to fill up you your tank. You see, like, in where the efficiency is, is, like, not having those and being able to charge at home and have it be enough. Do you see what I mean with that? Is well, like, yeah, we're just not there technologically. We're not there. Like, we're just... Come on, Elon. It's not... Yeah. The consumer can't keep up to what it... Like, what they would the need to yeah. implement at home. Yep. It's just not, one, probably cost-effective for 90% of the users... And two, not as easy to access, I feel like. So, right. cool idea. It's getting there. I think we're witnessing history, but... I think so, too. I think there's going to be a breakthrough with batteries. I know Elon's working on... I, because batteries are... buy, sh- like, Duracell or some huge... I don't know. Pa- Panasonic. Tesla Panasonic? bought Panasonic. Interesting. Like the battery company. Yeah. What's interesting to me is the... Not the efficiency, uh, kind of, but, like, getting, like, like, the electric vehicle, like... I feel like it's just not efficient enough yet from the standpoint of like mining the lithium or whatever, like right. getting in the battery. And it's like, I feel like that takes like, and some Tesla's just like catch on fire because <laughs> of the battery. It's like, all right, how do we not have that happen? Right. So it's like, and they're so heavy. I mean, they're probably like twice, a, twice as heavy as a normal car, the same size. Yeah. Because of the battery. And it's like, all right, we got to, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they just have to optimize it. Yeah. And, like... It's got to get... The technology's got to get better. It's got to get yeah. way better. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's a big milestone getting there in the first place, but, like, that's the first part of, like, getting better is, like, having something to work right. with. Right. And then going from there, but... If I had a Tesla, though, I would literally floor that thing every time the light turned green just because <laughs> just I just because. can love flying. <laughs> oh, jeez. You've driven uh, one, yeah? yeah? Yeah. And I liked it. They were fun, but... Like I said, I, there's just a practical, like I used to be a Tesla, like yeah. fanatic and yeah. was like, I'm going to own one. I even ordered the model three and then canceled it. Cause <laughs> I was like, ah, I don't know. A little bit of me is like, eh. Just write a uh, Aria's little. Yeah. We have a Tesla four wheeler, dude. Is that thing sweet? It's super fun. We ride it like every night to the <laughs> park and it's like, my kid's not going to learn how to ride a bike. Cause we yeah, ride this Tesla so four wheeler. Ryan used to have a model X and we would whip around on that thing. Oh. And it was like turbocharged or whatever. It was like. Super fast. I know it's funny because it sounds like a spaceship too. It's like it does sound like it. Yeah, yeah. Insane. That's a good sound effect. But that was good. We'll uh, wrap it up here. Uh, Quick bites. Quick bites. We did it again.